evening, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Mind Split Cafe. What's going on, Matt? How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And we got we got Joanna Morrow on this week, so I'm excited. You know, yeah. I can't wait to talk about uh, mental wellness and mental health with 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 Joanna. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for joining joining us, Joanna. Uh, everyone, Joanna is from uh, Palms Behavioral Health. Joanna, why don't you give us a quick little introduction and a little rundown of your credentials and, and what we're going to be discussing today. Yes, of course. Um, like y'all mentioned, my name is Joanna. I am a therapist at Palms Behavioral Health, where I currently practice uh, inpatient therapy with our patients that are there. I hold a... LPC associate and a LCDC intern to, while I practice there. I am also currently going to school for rehabilitation counseling, which is my area of, of interest. Um, and part of the reasons why I ended up in Palms was because mental health was something that was not uh, in my area of expertise. So Going into, into mental health opened up my eyes into a lot of things, and now I'm also implementing that with what uh, with my future endeavors as well. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for joining us. So uh, go ahead and give it a, go ahead and get started. Let's uh, give so, us a topic and let's run let down. Me, let me ask you this. Let me, let me before you kind of, why mental health? Like my, why mental wellness? Like, you know, obviously there was something that sparked you to where that curiosity and that, that flame, you know, um, was burning. So why, why, I guess that's what I want to know. Why mental wellness? Good question. Well, and, and it's funny how I ended up in mental health. Uh, as part of my PhD program, I was required to do hours in mental health. And mm -hmm. for me, I never saw myself doing any type of um, mental health counseling. I was more on the vocational side, looking okay. at the quality of life of individuals with disabilities. But one of the things that I saw a lot when I was working with individuals with disabilities and trying to help them reach their full potential was these mental health issues that came across uh, with a lot of them, depression, anxiety, and some of them had um, ADHD, they had autism. So when it came to helping them, some of these mental health issues uh, were coming up as barriers. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really opened up my mind into being involved with mental health was when I started my internship at Palms. I saw a different side of mental health, not just depression, anxiety. I got to see other um, disorders like uh, schizophrenia, schizoaffective, mm -hmm. bipolar disorders, personality disorders. And it just started this whole new interest in, mm -hmm. well, you know, if I really understand the things that go on with an individual's mental health, then mm -hmm. I can bridge that gap when it comes to helping them if it becomes, uh, if it turns into a disability to the point mm -hmm. where they're not able to function due to their uh, mental health. Wow. So this is where I'm at now. And that's one of the reasons why I am now very interested in mental health and bringing that awareness to 
to others since it, it does have a big stigma. Uh, oh, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Does. I have, you know, I, I have members in my family, uh, my immediate family. My, You know, I, I've shared this story before where my son plays college basketball and um, there's a lot of stresses that, that some people don't understand, you know, being an athlete at a collegiate level, there's our, there are stresses, right? And so my son had to take a break last year because he needed to find outlets and, and ways to cope, you know, with anxiety and with, you know, his mental health. Right. And <laughs> kudos to him. Cause he's, you know, 20 years old and he recognized that there was something that he needed help with. You know, he asked me, he called me, he's like, dad, when you played, did you, um, did you ever get like panic attacks and anxiety attacks and so forth? And you know, I was honest with him. I said, son, I played so long ago. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, you know, it was kind of something that it wasn't a, you know, hot button word, you know, it, it wasn't, it was just kind of something that we all kind of went through as athletes. There was a stigma just, around it at that time. Even Yeah, there was stigma, a stigma right? and there was really, there wasn't a lot of knowledge around it either. It's just like, okay, you're having a bad day or you, you, you got to deal with it, you know? And so, um, you know, I, I told him, I said, I, yeah, I did, but I didn't have, I didn't have resources like, you know, people do now. And so the one thing I asked him was, okay, is it bad enough to where you want to in your, you know, in your days, like in your life? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, then we can conquer anything we can do. We can get you, you know, whatever. Long story short, he's doing great. He transferred schools and you know, he's, he's flourishing right now and he still speaks with his therapist, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely something that is, is needed and it's warranted. And, and I just want to give you your flowers because you're doing God's work and you're helping so many people. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. So Joanna, I know off camera you had mentioned, and I'm kind of glad brought up, uh, Matt brought up his son because off camera you mentioned um, mental health and mental health awareness in the youth. So let's talk about that. I mean, we're, we already segued into that. So what is mental health for youth? What is a mental health awareness for the youth? Talk to us about that. So as we've seen, there's a lot of things that youth go through. One of them is puberty. Their hormones uh, is a big change. Some of them start experiencing uh, a big change where they start having depressive thoughts, where they start questioning their identity. They start going through these things that cause a distress to them. And due to some of that stigma that exists, it's they're scared to talk about it, to bring mm -hmm. it up to someone like, hey, I'm thinking I'm having these thoughts and automatically people put a label on it. Oh, you're depressed. Like you're, you're going to be like this for the rest of your life. And that's not the case. There are signs or warning signs that we can identify and say, Hey, you know what? Like, yeah, maybe those thoughts shouldn't be happening as often as they are. You know, have you talked to someone about it? You know, or is this is the first time that you're reaching out about what you're feeling, but it becomes an issue because then if somebody, if, a youth tells somebody else and it goes on and it spreads through every, through the school saying like, oh, this person uh, is cutting themselves. 
-hmm. Now she's going, or he or she will get bullied for it. So even worse, they are not going to talk about it. And sometimes uh, in different school districts, some individuals try not to get involved because they don't know how, how yeah. to approach the students. So what they do is they send them off to the counselor. Yeah. Mm. And that that is their solution. That's, you know, that's not what I deal with. Send them off to the counselor. The counselor yeah. will deal with that. And as we know, counselors are not just counselors for the students. They have administrative roles as well. And it's one counselor for however many students are, that students. are. Exactly. There are so many students out there for just one counselor that is not, you know, it's it's not feasible or it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not. A, it's not a system that is. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? It's it basically it's not beneficial to the student because they're in this kind of system. It's n it's not the admin's fault. It's not it's just a numbers game, you know. And it's, so it's definitely. It's well, like, and you even you said it too that they get sent to a counselor, and and I don't know if about you guys, but in in my school, the counselor was mainly there for like college prep and getting us going for the college side of things. And I mean, they were there for like some sort of talk to, you know, to talk or have someone to vent to. But for the most part, it, they were there for like helping us get to college. So they're not, it doesn't seem like they'd get the proper help at that point. Yes. And sometimes these students are scared to disclose such information because parents will get called right away. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something that I've seen with the patients that we see in our hospital that no, nobody listens to me. If I go tell someone, they automatically tell my parents and my parents don't understand. So there we go again, you know, the awareness of, you know, what it is that the, what the, the youth are going through, how parents can listen. Um, like um, Matt had mentioned earlier, you know, it's you're just having a bad day. Deal with it. But how mm -hmm. are they supposed to deal with it? Yeah, if they don't have the, not... if they don't have the tools to to even begin to cope or deal or organize their thoughts or whatever it is, like they don't have those resources to know what exactly to do to deal with said issue, you know? And so, yeah. At Palms Behavioral Health, we understand the journey to mental wellness. Our dedicated team offers personalized care for adolescents, adults, and seniors. We focus on individualized treatment plans, addressing a wide range of mental health needs. Our evidence-based practices and trauma-informed care ensure sensitive and effective treatment. Palms Behavioral Health, Healing Minds, Empowering Lives. Contact us today. And that's where, you know, we have this cycle where students uh, start having these symptoms, they don't talk about them, they become worse to the point where they end up having a crisis. And then, you know, they end up uh, being hospitalized or they end up um, even worse, you know, they stop being here. So yeah. part, of, part of that awareness is educating, you know, not, not only the school administrators, but even the parents and the family, like, hey, you know, mental health is here, it's real. We're not yep. saying that you have to accept it, but at least hear out, you know, what are some of the warning signs? What are some of the symptoms before it becomes too late? I'm glad you brought that up. And, and the, you know, I'm, I'm all for mental health and, you know, being an advocate, we've done this show. This is our second season. Now we've had so many doctors on and, and 
clinicians and, and, you know, um, the question I have for you is how can you, um, tell that a teen is just really having issues, right? And needs, you know, proper help or, you know, or they are just trying to get attention or being, you know, quote unquote drama queens to capture said attention. You know, how do you, how do you differentiate between the two? And you're like, no, this kid doesn't really need help. He just needs, you know, I'm curious to know how you can differentiate between the two. Yeah, that's a good question. It is a good question. And this is something that we, we do a lot with, with, with our job because we can, we can tell when someone really needs the help and there's others where it's just that attention seeking behavior, which if it's not addressed at an early age can become into a personality disorder. Of course, of course. Yeah. So some of the things that we do notice is with uh, individuals that do need the help, they show symptoms of distress. They minimize their symptoms because they don't want you to know what's going on. They mask it so well to the point where you have to catch them slip in their symptoms and their behaviors. For example, um, if you know the person, let's say a student at school, Mm-hmm. You seem you kind of know what their baseline is in terms of their behavior. You know if they're talkative, mm-hmm. if they hang out with their friends, if they go to lunch, if they turn in their homework, if they you know ask questions in class, and then you start noticing that they're not engaged anymore, that they're kind of getting distracted with things around in the classroom. They don't ask that much questions. You don't see them hanging out with the same group of friends. You see that you know they linger around on their own more. Those are signs where they, someone should approach and be like, hey, you know, what's going on? I've seen you a little bit distracted lately. Yeah. But how do you, like, and you bring up a really great point, and all these are signs, right? But how do you know that there isn't some sort of growth happening? You mm-hmm. know, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate and try no, to, no, that's you fine. Know, but, but how do you, you know, this, the friends that I had in middle school were not the friends that I had in high school. You know, and at at some point there was a break, you know, there was like, okay, I'm running in a new circle. They're running in new circles. Like we're still cool, but we're just, I'm not running with you guys. Cause I'm not, you know, I'm not into what you guys are doing or whatever, you know, good, bad, whatever. But there's growth. I took the point where I'm like, I don't want to hang around people that don't advance me or, you know, you know what I'm saying? So how do you know it's not, they're just like, hey, this group isn't who I need to hang out with. Yeah, maturing is probably the best way to put it. Thanks, Chris. Like, how do you know there's just not maturity aspect to it? You can tell if it's a maturity aspect of it if they're still thriving and they still keep their same behavior. So if, for example, I was the type of person that would constantly change between group of friends. I mm-hmm. had friends who were very athletic, friends who were more on the chess club side. So you were very the chameleon, different. weren't you? I was. <laughs> I yeah. really was. So, you know, my behavior didn't change. You know, yeah. I was I was me. Yeah. So I I was I was loud, spontaneous, uh funny. So when I was with that group, that was me. When I was with the other group, that was me. 
there was mm-hmm. no change in my behavior in my in the way that I acted towards uh, others. Um, so that's kind of what we try to look for whenever we are constantly interacting with our with our students, with our friends, with our peers, with our family. Mm-hmm. Like we start noticing like, hey, you know, he's not talking much or yeah. that person kind of sat on the other side by himself. Like what's going on? So changes in behavior uh, of the person itself, like what behaviors have they changed that doesn't make them who they are anymore? Mm-hmm. One of the signs is when students uh, or family members, peers, any individual changes their clothing from something that you saw them wearing like short sleeves, jeans, and you know more appropriate to the weather. And now all of a sudden you constantly see them wearing like sweaters or oh, long yeah. sleeve shirts. <laughs> <laughs> to, regardless of the temperature outside. And this is something new. So now you have to think about, well, are they adapting a new style? Or, you know, is something yeah. else going on that can be more alarming? Like, what's the, what is this change? And one of the other symptoms that can be seen a lot when it comes to depression and anxiety, which are the ones that we mainly see with, with the youth, is the lack of sleep or the constant, you know, the either the lack of sleep, not sleeping well, uh, fall, uh, falling asleep in class when they didn't fall asleep mm-hmm. in class, or you just kind of see them zoning in and out when they typically don't do that. And it and this is something that you've observed for days consecutively. Like it's that change. Because yes, once in a while we may have a rough night where we don't sleep. So our behavior may be a little bit off. But if you notice this behavior being constant for at least a week, then uh-huh. you know it's kind of like, okay, this is becoming something their new normal. Let me act. Let me approach this person and say, hey, you know what's going on? Like I've been noticing that you look a little bit more tired lately. Did you hurt yourself or, you know, what's yeah. going on? So and- I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to backtrack real quick. So when you said that someone's changing their style and they're starting to wear long sleeves and it's a hundred degrees outside, what emotional disorder or, or what, what would you think is going to happen or, or what would you, what's, what's your concern with that? With, you know, give the listeners an idea of where your head went when, a student normally wears shorts and a shirt and all of a sudden is wearing hoodies all the time in 100 degree weather. Yeah, especially in the valley where you're located. (laughs) Yes. So so one of the things that went to my mind is self-harming. That is the main thing that we see youth uh, who are self-harming and they they don't want to call any attention towards them. So they wear baggy clothing to kind of hide and disguise and camouflage? And it doesn't have to be baggy. Uh, it could just be that if you usually saw them with like normal, you know, t-shirts that you know yeah. show their arms, appropriate. And, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, they start wearing long sleeves or things that cover most of their arm. Or, for example, some individuals, depending on where they self harm, if they used to wear shorts, now all they wear is jeans. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of, of change in, in clothing can also be, you know, kind of like a warning sign, like, hey, you know, it's really hot outside and they never wear clothing like this. Like, you know, what's now, going is your on? specialty is your specialty in adolescence and like, you know, in like the youth or do you deal with a wide variety? You deal with 40, 50 year old people all the way to teenagers and 
prepubescent, you know, youth? So I have, um, I get to see everybody. Okay. So I see from the youth all the way to our triadic, um, okay. sorry, not triadic, but our um, geriatric population, which okay. is anybody over the age of 65. Okay. Um, based on uh, my previous jobs, I've worked more with the youth. Mm, okay. So that's where I've become more closely, um, I see the youth a little bit more at home, especially because I have a teenage brother. Okay. <laughs> so I Are you I'm, always I'm, analyzing him though? Are you like yes. are you, yeah, you're, you're keeping an eye on your brother? Yes, yes. And he Let and me I see what I kind of hoodie you're wearing today. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's one of the things that he never wears hoodies unless it's cold outside. So but if then he never people, wears it because if you're living in the valley, it's never it's cold. not cold ever. Yeah. Exactly. It is not. And one of the things that, you know, I always joke around with him is when he's in his room all day, I go open his room. He's like, are you okay? Because you've been in here for so long. He's like, yeah, I'm just had a long day. I was like, okay, I, but just know I'm here if you need to talk. And then I'll close his door. Uh, um, <laughs> so but, would that be a, a red flag kind of being um, reclusive and, and not coming out and just kind of keeping to yourself? Would that be considered a red flag if normally they're out running around? Yes, it can be a red flag. It's that, you know, change in behavior where they're always playing video games or always, you know, texting or you see a pattern that you say, oh, yes, that person is always outside. That person's always playing video games. That person is always reading. That person is always on their computer. And out of nowhere, yeah. you just see that change where they're in their room, you go check on them and they're just laying down or they're not doing what they normally do, they become, they start isolating. Mm -hmm. okay. And that, that can also be, you know, a red flag, a sign like, hey, you know, like, we're, what, what's going on? Like, how come you're in your room? Like, or even their facial expressions, or if they start becoming irritable um, more often than not. And again, that is a hit or miss with the youth, because again, if they're going through puberty, that's going to be one of the things that we see a lot where they have the bursts of irritability and whatnot, but still not just assuming, right? That's where we're going with it. Yeah. Like not just assuming that, oh, it's because you're going through a growth spurt or, oh, it's because you're going through puberty. It could be that, but it doesn't hurt to ask like, hey, no, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm fine. Thanks. I was just... <laughs> No, this is kind of like our it. therapy session too, so we, we kind of get <laughs> some just, stuff out. I of knew this. what you were saying. I was just, I just, you know, I coughed at the most opportune time, so I had to just pull that joke out. Yeah. So, so we got about if, we got about five more minutes left, but go ahead and go. What was your question, Chris? I, I just wanted to to ask about like risk taking behaviors. Is that you know changing the the amount of risk in in being a child a child changing their behaviors and taking more yeah. risk? Is that that's kind a of great, a red flag as well? That's a really great question. A kid that's just more conservative and now all of a sudden he's jumping off train bridges and stuff into the <laughs> river. Like, what kind of what kind of what's that saying? What's that about? Yeah. So that one is a little bit more that 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 does sound concerning, especially if they are <laughs> putting themselves at risk, right? Uh, it could be uh, the, those uh, impulsivity, that impulsivity that comes in where they feel um, that they're 
invincible that they can do whatever they want because you know they're not nothing's going to happen to them yeah uh, there there is a fine line between being a risk taker like a healthy mm -hmm. risk taker where you know that there's a possibility of getting hurt so you find preventative measures to make sure that if whatever you're trying to do doesn't go well there isn't anything around for you to get more hurt versus someone who says oh look i'm gonna go up on the roof and try to jump off to you know the inflatable or something like that yeah. there it's that okay. disconnect of uh thinking like hey you know you're being very impulsive right now to trying to jump without seeing if you can if you're gonna yeah. break your leg your neck or you know end up in the hospital yeah. for for that type of behavior so that is also that is also a red flag right um and no i don't mean to i don't mean to interrupt but i'm gonna cut you off real quick because what is the difference between being impulsive right and just being plain stupid because and the reason why i say this because we live in a world now where everything is has the ability to be recorded and Good going point. viral and being the next tiktok sensation or whatever it is is it plays into these kids heads like they you know they don't want to work they'd just rather be like i'm gonna be a youtuber or a tiktok star and i'm just gonna make money off of you know my whatever where yeah. is that fine line to where it's like hey i'm hey buddy like i'm gonna crawl up on this roof and jump onto this inflatable because that might give me some views and some likes and some shares right like that's a good Again, point. how do you how do you differentiate between this kid's got a real issue and he's having problems and we need to address it, where this kid has an issue and we need to find him help to get him, you know, back on track, so to speak. And that's funny you mention it because my brother watches a lot of uh, those um, YouTubers who would do yeah. these dance and whatnot. And some of the videos that I've seen, you know, behind the scenes, they prep for this stuff. They it's not, they prep for this stuff. So they're like, hey, you know, make sure that if I get hurt, you call 911 right away. Uh, they have a plan as yeah. to, you know, they know they're going to do something that is a, like a risk where they can get hurt. But they have that plan where like, as, long, as soon as I get hurt, you see me not moving, you call 911 or you call yeah. my parents. Yeah, everybody wants to be on ridiculousness, right? So, yes. you know. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that fine line where the person who's impulsive is not going to wait for the camera. It's a thought and they act on it. There's no time to Good record. Point. There's no time yeah. to, you know, think about it. It's like, oh, that looks fun. I'm going to do it. And they go and do it. Like there is no, they don't have that extra voice that's saying them, hey, you know, that may be a bad idea. Like yeah. don't do it. It's yeah. just kind of like, I'm going to do it and here we go. And they jump or they yeah. flirt or, you know, they just Whatever because they, they do. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. it, and it's, and that is where, that's the fine line, right? Because others, if you have time to record it, you you are thinking of the pros and cons. Yeah. Someone who is going to be very impulsive, they don't think, they don't wait for the camera, they just do it. If people catch it on camera, it's because they were recording and they so happen to move the camera to see that happening. Yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Makes a... Okay. That was a good wow. question. Yeah. Wow. Joanna, you are... 
you are by far one of my favorite guests and i'm so thankful that you came on this week and you're welcome back anytime you want to come back and we can talk about you know we can have these debates all day long if you want yeah we can go I know I said I was nervous at first, but you know, this is, this was a very great experience and I, yeah, I'm going to go great. back and listen since season one to see who else he told this to that they were by far. His oh, no, 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 I do not, I do not throw that out very often. So you, you'll go back and check the receipts. I, I don't say that to everybody. So no, you're definitely I think you did a great job. More. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, I want to give a, a big shout out to Palms Behavioral Health in Harlingen, Texas, as always, sure. always providing us with some great, great people coming on the show. Um, always thank you to them. Well, Joanna, you're welcome back anytime, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yes, thank you. Take you care, guys. Week. See you next Thanks week, up. guys. Take care and see you next week. Like we weren't supposed to come up with something this clean, <laughs> you know, like something happened.